Okay, guys, I've been freaking out again um, for the last 10 minutes, but it just seems that is how the podcasts are going at the moment. I get so nervous right before the episode because I just don't know how to start. I'm, I just get so stuck. Anyways, I've started it, so this is great. I firstly want to talk about the last episode. It was, well, the reaction was amazing. Thank you to everyone and I really appreciate everyone's support and feedback and love on the channels. It, it got to like second on health and fitness charts in the UK, which was just crazy, like so crazy. And something I really want to talk about is my feelings of like proudness. In terms of my social media career so far, reaching any milestone, whether that was a million on TikTok, 150,000 subscribers, or, you know, when I got that YouTube play of the 100,000 subscribers and and any numbers or things, I really struggled to feel proud of it and have a sense of achievement, which was really weird when people are congratulating you, like getting loads of messages like, oh my gosh, you reached a million or you reached this. And I'm like, oh yeah, that's great. And I'd put up my story like, thank you you guys so much because I would be so grateful for you guys. But I can't say that I would feel this overwhelming amount of proudness and achievement like you would think you would feel when you reach that number. So when I released the first episode, I had it out on Spotify and Apple Podcasts before I actually launched it onto my Instagram, basically. So I had an hour of like it just being on the platforms without anyone knowing. And I just looked at it and I was like, I'm so proud. I am so proud of myself. It feels like, you know, they are big platforms and the fact that you know, that was my little face. Like, I'm so grateful for Alex who did my graphic, but like that, I don't know, it was so cool seeing my podcast cover on the actual app. Yeah, it was amazing. And I felt such a sense of achievement and it was almost refreshing because the last time I'd felt any sort of this, you know, feeling was when I actually got signed by Gymshark on the first day. Yeah, I was so ecstatic. I remember that proudness feeling, overwhelming feeling, and then since then, if I'm being honest, like really being honest, any other achievement or thing I've done, I've really struggled to feel proud of myself. And that's maybe half imposter syndrome, thinking that I don't deserve it. Maybe that's because what I actually achieved doesn't actually have much fulfillment in it. Like what even is a million followers or whatever? Like maybe that's why I've never felt a sense of achievement because maybe it's not a, it's not a real thing that I can feel. Whereas seeing yourself on, you know, a platform like, like, Spotify and Apple Podcasts, you're like, wow. I was like, wow, teenager Anna is freaking out right now. So yeah, I just wanna say massive thank you for making this all possible because I generally would not have made a podcast if it wasn't for social media, if it wasn't a thing. Which I sometimes think about, why do I go through experiences? Or you could think to yourself, why do so many bad things happen to me? Why do I go through all this? And I genuinely think it's for a reason. And that is really hard to think about in some situations. For example, when I was younger, how can you say to a child oh by the way the reason why your dad left you and your dad died and and sexually abuse and what else things that I haven't talked about yet on my channel and and just loads of different things eating disorders depression anxiety why do you go through them right and to tell someone that you go through it for a reason it's a hard pill to swallow but now it's like oh maybe that's why because I'm actually like I've got a podcast and I also have a thing where I can't say anything but the truth. <laughs> My mouth will just blab. I, whatever I'm saying on here is completely unplanned. I have completely not thought about this episode and what I'm going to say. Well, to be fair, I've completely forgotten what I was talking about. Um, anyways, I felt a big sense of achievement when I released my podcast. And then the funny thing is, is an hour later, I 
posted everything on my Instagram, promoted it like, guys, hey, my podcast just released and my mood slightly changed. Like I was just, I guess I was just a bit on edge, right? I've just released a podcast, obviously talking a lot about my life story and I've just released it to anyone who wants to watch it. That's kind of scary. But I didn't really think about it too much. Anyways, I was like, right, I'm gonna go to the gym. I'm gonna shift my energy. I was indoors at this point for 24 hours. So already not feeling great. And I put on my gym clothes and then I put on my headphones. I was like, right, I'm gonna listen to some music or I'll listen to a podcast. And I was like, wow, no, 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 this will be really weird. You know, I'm gonna listen to my own podcast. It's a pretty weird thing to do. Anyways, so like I put on my headphones, listen to this podcast. Well, my podcast. And seven minutes in, I put my headphones down and I couldn't listen to it anymore. And then suddenly, you know, as I talked about in my last episode of feeling really sensitive inside and in a frustration and called the devil child when I was younger because I couldn't handle these like emotions I was feeling, I was getting my triggers again. I suddenly, my sports bra felt really uncomfortable. My shorts were tugging on me and my skin felt dry and my socks felt crusty and my hair felt tight. And then I sat on the sofa and I felt really frustrated and then I couldn't move and I felt really stuck. So I was going through this whole period within like two minutes after putting my headphones down from listening to my podcast. And then I was also getting frustrated myself every half an hour that was going by because I was like, I'm indoors, like I've been indoors for the last 24 hours, I'm gonna go crazy. And I basically went through this whole emotional roller coaster. Then what happened was probably like an hour after I kind of gave up trying to fight myself to go to the gym, I was like, fine sit down, relax, do whatever you want. And I fell asleep on the sofa, I was exhausted. My therapist would describe this as a nervous system shutdown. It's like, your body's like, uh-uh, not today, it is too exhausted. So I fell asleep for like an hour, I woke up and I was bawling my eyes out, I was crying. I could not pinpoint where this came from, I was just crying and I FaceTimed my, um, my boyfriend. I was just bawling my eyes out for like half an hour and he, you know, he's very loving. He, I was just crying and crying and crying and releasing so much, but also so confused what I was feeling like this. I was like, I just released my podcast. I was so happy about it. And then I eventually, eventually at 8 p.m., so six hours later, this was a six hour span of like feeling emotional, feeling stuck, falling asleep, waking up, crying, whatever I was like you need to go outside so I put on some gym clothes I walked outside and just as I was about to call someone you know I needed a little bit of distraction to get to the gym I needed someone to give me some support my therapist called me and yes we have each other on speed dial it's amazing and it's just what I needed at the time I started walking and I ended up going on an hour walk while talking to my therapist I told her everything I just told you and we analyzed it we went through it and we said right where was the point where I first started to feel stuff and I was like oh when I put my headphones down she goes ah and basically the evaluation was, was that the moment that I put my headphones down, I stopped listening to my podcast. And this podcast is what, well, if you listen to it, it's my childhood and it was my teenagehood. So it's very much younger Anna speaking. So if you think about the situation, I put my headphones down when younger Anna was trying to talk to me. She was just trying to share her life, right? And I'm like, nah, not today, I'm done with you. And that hurt. You always have to remember that every stage of yourself is still within you, which is something that's just come into my head. When people go through a transformation of any sort, let's just say a weight loss transformation, or let's say you start hitting the gym and you grow some muscle, you get some definition, whatever. If you bash your previous self, 
doesn't matter what you, th like, if you thought, oh no, she was lazy or she never worked out, I'm so much better now, she was so ugly. If you bash your older self, you're bashing yourself still. That's what I've got to say. Because every part of you, every 17, 18, 19, 20, 27 year old, however you old you are, they are all still within you. So be careful when you just start bashing an old self of yours, because you need to understand that every part of you, every age was trying their best. Yesterday, you was trying their best. Even if you couldn't get out of bed, they were trying their best. So just be very loving when you talk about your past self. Anyways, going back to the headphones getting put down. Now, the reason why I keep like, Anna, that is just, what are you on about? One of my beliefs when I was younger was, mm, I didn't feel like anyone cared about myself in terms of my family or what I'd been through. In primary school, it was, I was in a little Catholic school and it was very much, the cool thing was to be in a happy family, big house with a dad and mom, right? And people just talk about their fun experiences. So I was in a very, you know, cute little girl friendship group. Why would I then start, you know, you don't really do a whole therapy session with your friends, you know, here's my life. So I just wouldn't talk about it. They would know that maybe my dad wasn't at home, but that was it. I did not ever go into any sort of like, this is what happened at home. Then going into secondary school, I also didn't really talk about it. You know, as much as your friends were there and I felt like they were there for me and they were my absolute best friends, I never felt like I had the place to talk about my past. It was always about boy problems or current situations, which is also what I was focused on at the time. I wasn't actually that focused on talking about my past, but I definitely didn't feel like anyone cared, which is why I didn't. So I guess the podcast last episode was teenager Anna and younger Anna talking and really, you know, being like, yeah, this is what's happened. And then me putting down and not wanting to listen to it, that basically hurt that part of me, which I didn't realize. And that's why I got all my old triggers in terms of everything feeling uncomfortable, me feeling in a frustration. And when my therapist kind of explained that to me and said, you know, we, we talked about it together. We, we make situations um, understandable together because obviously my input and her input. So when we came to this kind of realization, everything felt a bit better. I was like, oh, I could take a deep breath. I was like, yeah, that resonates with me. That feels right. And then all I basically had to kind of say to my mind was, by the way, I just actually felt really stressed out because I'd listened to this podcast the last 24 hours. I had already listened to it so many times, basically, and I just didn't want to listen to it again. Not the fact that I didn't want to listen to my younger self. That was not the case. So I kind of just had to say that to myself and then everything kind of cleared up. So that's basically the longish story of why I felt so emotional after posting the podcast. I guess now going into the next part of it, I want to carry on from where we finished off in the last episode. And we went to basically the story up to my dad passing away. And then we kind of stopped there. So my summer of being 17, my dad obviously had just passed away and I was in a current relationship. He's now going to be called ex-boyfriend because yes, that's what he is, but I also don't want to put a name to it. And we had a very Netflix summer in terms of we just watched Netflix we chilled in the evening very like I wasn't social I just spent all my time with him I met maybe a couple of my friends by themselves as well but I wasn't in a massive friendship group I was basically very depressed but at the same time didn't once cry now I want to talk about my past relationship in a way of not bashing him at the same time I have before called it a toxic relationship 
But what I come to understand is that you always attract someone on your same level. So for me to say, oh yeah, it was a toxic relationship, well, that makes me toxic as well. Now, I'm not gonna say I'm toxic, but I would say that I was definitely insecure, more insecure, a lot more insecure, a lot more unconscious of my conscious back then. So I had attracted someone on that kind of level and this ex-boyfriend wasn't very good at emotions and stuff like that. So in terms of the summer of, you know, I'm supposed to be grieving my dad, we did not talk about him once. In fact, I remember one conversation in the whole summer and we were watching a movie and a, the father figure literally passed away and I started having a tear. And then he was like, "What are you, what's happening? And I was like, oh, I'm sad about my dad. He was like, really? I was like, yeah. And he was like, uh, okay, and hugged me. And like, that was it. He, at, I remember that day, I kind of wanted to talk about it. I was like, please, just someone talk to me about my dad. I had no one to talk to in the whole summer about my dad. I didn't really talk to my mum, you know, my mum and my dad, they didn't finish on great terms. Like, obviously my mum wasn't hating him at this point, but it was like, it wasn't like they were in love. Like my mum has a new husband and whatever. So I was very much by myself. My sister lives in a completely different country. So I was by myself grieving with this. And I don't even know if that makes sense, but basically not talking to anyone. So with a summer of distraction, I, well, I didn't process anything. And going into September, it was my year 13. Year 13 in England is your last year of basically A-levels, which is your, you know, highest um, qualification thing. So it's just before university and it is hard. It is hard. And I did not cope at all. In fact, I don't ever really think about this period because I tried to forget how upset I was. From not crying about my dad a single day, I went into school and I was like a balloon. Anyone who would just like, not even a balloon, like the thinnest piece of glass, you could like tap me, poke me slightly and I would burst out crying. A teacher could ask me for homework, bring on, I'm, I'm 18 years old. They'd be like, Anna, we need this and then I would just break down. Any sort of pressure cracked me. It was, uh, I have so much love for that girl. She was struggling so much. My mum, I was obviously driving. You can drive since when you're 17 in England. My mum started not letting me drive to school because she was worried about whether I would make it to school. I was that low. I would wake up and say, I don't want to be here. It was just plain old, deep lowness, depression, whatever you want to call it. And you don't always have to put a name to everything. You can just feel things. And yeah, I... I, I definitely was dependent on my boyfriend in terms of just always wanting to see him. At the same time, obviously not processing stuff with him because I guess maybe that was the distraction thinking about it now. And yeah, at school it was horrible. I was doing maths, chemistry and sport, well, PE. And yeah, if you do maths A-level with a stable brain, it's impossible, let alone with an unstable brain. I was still going to school, but I would, let's say, be in the common room, which is just like, you know, your chill area with the six forms. And I would just be, I would just have to go into the bathroom and cry because I was just isolating myself more from my friends, just very like in my own head. At the time, my only escape was dancing, which I really liked. Mm. And what is actually interesting about that, which is something I haven't actually processed, is we had these dance auditions at our school. We have it once a year. And I made a solo dance, which is nerve-wracking, for my dad. So I made a dance, you know, with him in my mind and also saying to the 
you know, the school judges, you know, our teachers, this is um, in regards to my dad. And they knew that. And I let them have my vulnerability and I didn't get in. And it really, really crushed me. And I never talked about it because I didn't want to admit that my dancing wasn't good enough, let alone my dancing wasn't good enough for my dad, which is actually why I started dancing. Well, I love it myself, but he always loved it as well. That definitely made me feel down at the time. Yeah, so basically in terms of school, I ended up dropping maths as an A-level. It released a lot of pressure and then I was able to come out with an A star and a B in sports and chemistry, which I was really happy with. So I came out with two A-levels, but that was all I could manage. Honestly, if I still had done maths, I think I would have got like D's all round. Well, not in PE because I love it, but definitely in chemistry. That's enough talking about school. Let's go on about my ex-relationship. We met each other at the gym. All I can say is that throughout our year and a half relationship, the fact that I was like, you know, so attracted to him made me so blind to so many things that went wrong. I believe, I think that when you are a teenager, you think that your relationship is a prize. Now, maybe not for everyone. I'm not saying for everyone, for me it was. I would be like, oh, this is my boyfriend. This means someone loves me or not even someone loves me, but someone attractive loves me. And I know it's true. I, You know, when you're younger, you're like, oh, my boyfriend's hot. I've got a hot boyfriend. It means I'm cool. And it's like, uh, I don't know how to explain it. But I think when you know yourself, whether you are showing them off in terms of, oh, I just love them so much, or I think they're really hot and people will then like me more or whatever. People think I'm cool that I've got a hot boyfriend. I have got a current boyfriend at the moment and I have never once acted the way I have in this relationship than all my last relationships, which is an amazing thing, by the way. And I'm so very proud of the progress I've made as a person. A relationship is just a mirror of your own yourself. That's what it is. So I'm basically going to, in this, I'm going to carry on talking about relationships and my ex-relationships and then tie it back with my present relationship and how things are different. Just so you have both perspectives of, let's say, what an unhealthy relationship is or an unhealthy mindset and a healthy one. So this ex-boyfriend was a bodybuilder, gym rat boy. That's what he was. He was very obsessed with the gym. The gym came first. If there are any gym guys listening to this, I really want you to take this in, in terms of this is what happened to me and will definitely affect other people, girls, boys, whatever. As a gym guy, you need to be really careful, not even as a gym guy, as a gym girl, you will have certain behaviours that are very influential over the people around you, whether that's a younger sibling, whether that's a partner, a whatever, they are influential. So if you just think you're in your own little world, let's say you're a girl and you've got, let's say, restriction eating sort of behaviors and you've got young sisters younger siblings just know that they're going to pick things up so if it's a struggle to do it for yourself try to be like I just don't want anyone else I'm not saying hide your behaviors in terms of like hide your eating disorder but just know that they pick up and they will see stuff they will spot stuff in terms of a relationship what happened with me and my ex-boyfriend is that I picked up a lot of his behaviors he weighed every single bit of his food. He had good food, bad food. He would, I think the main thing was that he saw food as a task. He would cook up his food, very plain, no flavor, no whatever, put it in front of him and he goes, right, it's eating time. I was not literally allowed to talk to him. Like we had a very, I sometimes I would walk through the door. Hi, whatever, you know, me, I'm always like that. I'm like, hi. 
and I'd go for a hug and they'd go, no, not right now, walk upstairs. And it was like, uh, and I can't believe I went through that so many times. Imagine not being hugged through the door and being told to go upstairs. It's crazy. Everything like 0% fat yogurt and um, chicken breast and this and that and just all these little things that I had picked up. My eating had completely changed when I was with him and I hadn't realised it at the time. My mum would cook me dinner or I would cook the family dinner. Um, for lunches I'd have like pesto pasta with lots of vegetables, chicken or like a rice dish or whatever. I would have very, you know, flavourful, I loved cooking and in the year that I was with him, my eating by the end of the year, I would come to school with a can of tuna, plain, boiled carrots, boiled broccoli, um, raw nuts, well, raw nuts, like nothing on top of them, um, plain everything. I would boil, not boil my chicken, I would pan fry my chicken in water, no seasoning, because I was being influenced that food is a task, food is an object and you eat it to grow some muscle, lose some weight, uh, be able to lift heavy in your next gym session, that's what it was. And I started not eating my mum's meals. I started cooking everything for myself and my mum was just like, just make so many comments, like, why are you doing this? And I just thought I was so, like, I was like, mum, you just don't understand. You just don't understand. You don't need to put flavour on your chicken. Like, Anna, don't be so silly. But he was also a guy that could eat a Domino's pizza and not gain any weight. So we would have these very two, I would say, contrasts in eating. It would either be the very clean eating plain foods or we would go to the shops at the weekend this was like a weekly thing for us to do it'd be like a friday we'd go to the shops and get chocolate sweets pringles the big cookies we'd then get a whole domino's pizza each like a large one we would get the the cookies the doughballs, everything and we would have like a feast and it just brought along that good food, bad food again. Seeing those foods as like the bad food, but we can have them at certain times. Obviously he didn't gain a mass amount of weight, but it put on a little bit to me. So what I'm trying to say essentially is that if you are a gym guy listening to this, please be so careful of what you're doing in front of your girlfriends or whatever, or whoever's around you. You know, if you're seeing these foods as tasks and must eat this and must eat that, just know that they're picking it up. And I'm sure you would not want them to feel like they would have to like be restrictive or had to weigh out all their foods. Like there is a way of gymming and feeling fit and healthy and not having to have all these measured calories and, and whatever. Like you can just eat wholesome foods. It, it's so crazy that it's almost like this mindset that like plain foods build your muscle and nothing else. It's like, gosh, what about, what about your mental health? Yeah, back then I was very insecure, but I was a very sweet person, right? I was very sweet. I wasn't nasty. I wasn't toxic. I was just emotional, very sweet and insecure myself. And what that gave me was a relationship that, again, he was insecure in his own ways, obviously wouldn't show it, but that big gym bodybuilder kind of persona says something. Um, I am genuinely so happy in my current relationship. It is crazy. Um, I didn't know that you could value from each other so much in such a loving way and in different ways. The way that I'm supported is my boyfriend is so there for me emotionally. He is so there for me emotionally, which if you know me is exactly what I need. I am so unstable. I have my highs and lows like no one has seen it. One minute I could be crying because I've lost my phone charger and the next minute I'll be like laughing and giggling because we're outside on the walk and the sun is shining. And he is the most level-headed person. He's just calm. He goes, 
a little happy and a, a little sad sometimes, but hardly ever. I'm like up here and down there. So we fit so well. And I genuinely do believe that you attract the vibes that you give out to the world. And then in terms of the other way around, you know, he's pretty good himself, but I kind of lift that entrepreneur side, get his motivational fire again, because he's very much into his reading, into his self-help and health and fitness and whatever. And he's so into it already, but I'm just like, I think you could be the next big thing. Like giving him that total confidence because I totally believe in him and just giving him that step that he needs. And I think it is so critical in a relationship to provide emotional space for the other person. And this is for my girls as well, not just the boyfriends to be there for your emotional girlfriend, but for the girlfriends to be there for the guys that have not been taught that emotions are okay. Give space to them. And I know it's hard at the beginning. Oh my God, I have to prod and poke my boyfriend like it is okay to talk, it's okay to talk. One great thing that I have come to realization lately, if your partner comes to you and tells you something and you react to it, instead of just listen to it, even if it triggers you, right? Just listen. If you do react, they will not come back to you again and not feel safe enough to come back to you again. And the main thing you wanna keep in the relationship is the fact they are able to come to you. So for example, if my boyfriend says something like, uh, I don't even know, he says something and I'm like, well, you didn't tell me that, you know, this was gonna happen and blah, blah, blah. If I react like this, why on earth would he wanna come talk to me again about that? He's not. So even if it slightly triggers me, whether we're talking about exes, whether we're talking about the future or whether we're talking about like, he wants to go somewhere and I don't wanna go somewhere, even if it slightly pisses me off, I make sure that I give him the space to speak because otherwise he's not gonna come back to me again. And at the end of the day, if something triggers me, it's a reflection on me, it's not actually him. Previous to this relationship, I would always hear communication is key in a relationship. And I was like, yeah, I even thought in my last relationship we had communication. Let me tell you, communication is not having an argument when things have piled up over whether it's a certain amount of weeks. Let's say, for example, in my old relationship, I'd go to my boyfriend being like, have you been messaging other girls? Like, I've been seeing you hiding your phone, blah, 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 blah. And he would come to me saying, yeah, but you message a boy and blah, 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 blah. That's literally how our relationship went. Like, I did not message anyone, any guys, because he told me off I did. And then what happened was is, Every four months or so, I would get a DM from a girl that basically said, your boyfriend's been chatting, whatever. I don't really want to talk about it. Well, not that I don't really want to talk about it, but that was basically our relationship. He told me off for having a guy friend and then he would go chat up and do who knows what with other girls. So just know if a guy doesn't trust you with a friend, it's because he's probably doing something himself. I don't want to put fear into you, but it, it's just a thought. Anyways, those arguments are not communication. Even if you suddenly have an outburst and you tell each other everything, or not even tell each other everything, but just attack each other, that is not communication. Communication is when, you know, this is something that I've learned in my current relationship, is something niggles you inside. You're like, oh, it just doesn't feel right, whether that's a sentence they said to you or a feeling that you're getting or whatever, to just go to them and be so, so honest. And you, as long as you are with a fairly decent person, they should have a good conversation with you. I remember the other month, I don't normally feel jealous, but there was one thing that made me dead. And I just opened up to him. 
and we were lying in bed and I was contemplating for 10 minutes. We were just like chilling and stuff. And I was contemplating whether to actually tell him this because it was making me so uncomfortable. You need to say something. And if you don't, it will just hinder your relationship further in the process. So when you feel that uncomfortableness in terms of, I really need to tell him something, but I'm scared to, just all I can say is pluck the courage up. I lied there and I was like, right, Anna, you're just going to say it. Three, two, one. Just before I tell you what I said to him, the key thing when you're having a conversation is to say, I feel. Instead of going to your partner, your mom, your brother, your sister and say, you did this, you did this, like you did all these wrong things. You are attacking them, right? They are not going to want to have a conversation with you. However, if you go, I feel like this, they cannot attack you because you are not attacking them. So you go, I actually feel really sad when this situation happened. It made me feel self-conscious and it made me feel unworthy of this so you see how you've completely changed it around instead of saying you talked to a girl and you did this and you did that you can say i feel insecure like i feel insecure i feel like this and it takes that you know that pressure off them and it actually makes them empathize with you which is what you want and i said look i have a past insecurity from my last relationship that's what I said to him I get nervous when I see girls names on your phone because my last relationship I said my ex-boyfriend he would genuinely go off with these girls so that is why I'm paranoid however I completely trust you that's what I was saying to him I was like I don't know why I'm feeling like this because I completely trust you and I just can't help it that I'm getting slightly triggered by it. And he straight away came to me and was like, that is absolutely okay. He was like, if there's any time that you see anything or want to know anything, you can just, you know, you can just ask me and I'm going to explain every situation. And it just, the way we had our conversation was so refreshing because he straight away, because I'd seen something previous that day, like this girl basically message saying, oh yeah, we should really meet soon. And I was just like freaking out in my head, but it was just one of his university friends. And he was like, well, it's funny you say that because I actually was, you know, you were invited to meet the girl because she's just a friend from university. She wanted to meet you too. And straight away I was like, oh, really? I can breathe now, wow. But imagine if I didn't ask or talk to him about that and I had just built up this anger towards him that he was messaging other girls when really he was just contacting an old friend which is absolutely okay and actually just talking about things and he was like you don't have to come but obviously if you want to come you can come and straight away I felt fine in every situation since if I like you know I now definitely don't look for things I used to in my old relationship like look through their phone because I'd want to I, I would want to find something to have proof to end it or I don't know I I yeah, you go a bit crazy when you're in one of those relationships. Anyways, I made it a rule to myself that I don't look and it definitely does help. Don't look through their phone because as soon as you put that into the world that you are looking for something, you will attract that. The universe will find ways of putting that into your life. So even if the guy is completely trustworthy, if you keep looking through his phone, there will be situations that are bigger than what he means out to be. And it could go into something bigger when it really isn't. I really do feel like my head in this podcast is like scrambled eggs. I'm hoping it doesn't necessarily come across as that, but I am just going to jump onto red flags in my last relationships. Maybe that will help you understand some or whatnot. One of the issues that we faced was 
I'm gonna call it love bombing. I have no idea if this is right for our relationship, like the right way to call it, but it's just something that makes me understand what was going on. At the beginning of our relationship, there was, this is my ex-boyfriend by the way, when I was 17, 18, a lot of love, whatever, like loving up. He was really, really nice to me. Um, Yeah, I felt really loved up. I was like, wow, this guy wants me. And throughout our year and a half relationship, it slowly, slowly decreased to a point, you know, as I said earlier, I'd come through the door and he would tell me to go upstairs and like, you know, he'd be like, hug in a second. Like, was not like, you know, you walk through the door and you greet someone. I'm gonna talk to you about my first stories, not stories, but situations that we had in my ex-boyfriend relationship. The first one was a friend of a friend who had to message me and say, hey, I think your boyfriend is talking to my friend. I just want to let you know. And I was like, I've never been mad at a girl, by the way. Never, ever be mad at a girl who tells you either, you know, that like that the boyfriend has got with them or like one of their friends. I was always very thankful. I was like, thank you so much. I don't hate you at all. I really appreciate it. It's mine and his situation not hers like thank you for telling me whatever and I went to him and I was just pulling my eyes out I was heartbroken like heartbroken to a t he was obviously denying it at first and I was like look like I was getting so riled up and then he was like I'm sorry I'm sorry he turned from this like big you know quite straight guy to this oh my god no I'm so sorry babe like I didn't mean to do this like All this kind of like gaslighting of like, no, it's not like this, like whatever, Um, it wasn't the case, blah, blah, blah. And yeah, very emotional night I remember, very, very emotional. And one thing that I remember that really upsets me now, we would have our arguments in his room. We'd be mid-argument and there would be a point where I'd be overstimulated, I'd be overwhelmed. I think overwhelmed is a better word. I'd be crying so much, I'd be completely heartbroken. I think I'd be having like mid-panic attack. Honestly, I was... My body couldn't take it. I'm too emotional for this stuff, let alone feel like the person that you love and they love you doesn't feel like they love you anymore. And there'd be, let's say, an hour into our conversation and I would be like, I've got to go, I've got to go, let me go home. And this guy's like six foot whatever, standing in front of the door, twice the size of me and would not let me through. I would beg for him. I'd be like, let me leave. Oh my God, it's actually making me emotional think about it and so crazy that that was me. And I would just be like, let me leave. And he'd be like, shush, my parents are next door. Like, whatever. He was older at the time. He was three years older than me. So I was 17 and he was 21. I think that kind of, yeah, I don't know. And yeah, he just wouldn't let me leave to a point where like, he would then like, maybe start like, not crying, but like pretending he's crying, whatever, quieting me down. And then literally like, I'd be on the bed and he would just like, hush me, hush me. And I would just end up falling asleep probably in his arms at the end of the night. But it's just, I can't believe I let that happen. Not even can't believe. And in that situation, I'm actually gonna say, Anna, you did your best. I was doing my best. I was doing the best possible thing I knew at that time, right? I didn't know anything else. That was my level of consciousness. Basically after those arguments, we would then have like two weeks where he would be so loving to me. Oh my gosh, he would like probably post me because oh my God, we'd have a whole another argument was that he would never post me and never show me off. Like that, that created a lot of insecurity of me because I thought he didn't, he wasn't proud of me. And I would like post him and he would never post me. That was a whole nother situation. And yeah, so he'd be very loving in those two weeks post argument. 
and then very slowly, and that's what I call the love bombing, like giving so much love to the point where you become blind when it doesn't come. So he would then lower the love, you know, after two weeks, three weeks, and it would go back to normal, like him not really speaking to me, him ignoring me at the gym, um, hiding his phone, just, just, just less and less and, and just I think being ruder to me which I just took I just gave him so many excuses and then a couple of months later there'd be another situation I remember once oh my god it was so funny thinking about it now I woke up in the morning and I think I saw a message from a girl or a snapchat from a girl and I was just sass queen and I was like open that message right now he was like no I don't need to open it and I was like open that snapchat it was a red snapchat so it was a picture I was like, open it right now. I want to see. And he was so close to like going to like walking away from me. Like he could literally push me out of the way and I, I couldn't help myself, right? And I was like, you open that right now. Otherwise we are done. Like this was ha not having it. And he pressed open it. And this girl sent him like a really provocative mirror selfie in her little tiny pants and bra. And was like, hey, sorry, couldn't talk last night. Was out. How are you doing? We're like, loads of kisses and oh my god did I turn to him I was like what is this and he was like oh my god no this came out of nowhere I was like you're joking you have the nerve to tell me that this came out of nowhere when she clearly said I'm sorry we couldn't talk last night and oh my god it just caused a whole nother argument blah 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 and it happened we had so many repeating arguments in this way in terms of I would be so mad at him he would then deny it try hush me down and then it came to a point where I was like I just want to leave like it was the morning I was like let me go he was standing in front of the door and he'd be like no you can't leave like we can't leave in a bad place like he would ne never let me leave mid heat argument almost like I would never come back and he would want me to get into this like loving state with him again and then I'd come to a point where I was crying and I think when I was crying he had that advantage over me in terms of like oh yeah don't be sad like I'm here for you we're fine I'm sorry it was a mistake hugging me and trying to like you know be there for me when really he made this whole situation calm me down I would then be extremely insecure those next couple of weeks he would you know be so loving and then it would happen again and again and oh and then I had this other time where well I started posting TikToks a bit and that was actually how my TikTok started I was posting rabbit videos and then I was posting boyfriend videos and then I had a message on my Instagram saying hey um I recognize the guy you are making TikToks about and he's just been messaging me obviously exact same argument we would go through the whole situation again and I think it happened like five six times genuinely like spread throughout the year I don't know how many times I don't know why I lasted so many times, if I'm being honest. I think that was a part of me thinking I couldn't do better in terms of like, because still at that time I thought looks and seeing relationship as almost like a prize or, or something to show off, like a, an achievement, that's the word. And it definitely isn't. So at the time I think I was scared of that, but also like I had this connection to him in terms of he was the person that was there for me you know, I'm not really gonna say emotionally there for me, but physically there with me when my dad had passed away. Like we were at the gym together when I got a call that my dad was dead. Like I picked up the phone, hey, your dad's dead. And my ex-boyfriend at the time was there with me. So I felt like I had this connection with him in terms of he was the only one who knew what I went through. It was coming to a year and a half. And this was actually when I started losing weight very quickly and he didn't say anything. I lost way too much weight, way too quickly. I got really skinny. I had 
rock, like I had these eight pack abs and he didn't say anything. He knew I went like a day without food and would eat dinner or, you know, I went through my extreme eating when I was with him and he didn't say anything. Like he would know I wouldn't have dinner and he wouldn't really like, he would offer me something and I'd be like, I'll have one biscuit, please. Like, you're not supposed to allow that as a boyfriend or anyone or friend, whatever. Like, but what was happening at the time of me losing weight, I was getting confidence. I was gaining self-confidence. It wasn't real confidence because as we know, it turned into an eating disorder. But at the time you were on that losing weight high and I suddenly had this confidence in myself that I maybe didn't need him. And so yeah, it was this crossover of like gaining confidence. But what I wanna say to you guys is don't do this in terms of like lose weight and gain confidence. Like it does not work at all. But try to gain confidence in yourself while in the relationship. And if your partner raises to that level, then clearly you've maybe got something good going for you, right? But if they are still on this lower level to you and you're gaining this confidence, you're you're getting into these good habits, you're you're feeling good about yourself, you're journaling, you're expressing yourself, you're one with nature, all things wonderful, you will start to break apart from them because they're not on your level anymore. And I did this in the relationship. I started breaking apart from the boyfriend while still being comforted by them because basically you're grieving them while being able to go to theirs at the weekend. It was very cheeky of me. It was very cheeky of me. I don't even know if it's cheeky. He was being horrible to me, so I guess it was okay at the time. I don't know. Definitely in my current relationship, if I ever felt like it would have to come to an end, I would straight away tell them because I'd want to save the heartbreak and stuff. But the fact that this guy was literally like running girls around me, it, I think it was a different situation. But yeah, at the time, I was breaking myself apart before having to actually let go. So when I did actually have to let go, I was actually completely fine. Um, and I was on holiday at the time, so I was surrounded by my two girlfriends and I found out, actually, I had an intuition. How crazy was this? I was on stalker mode. I was on complete stalker mode. And I was looking at who he followed recently. This is so stalker of me, oh my gosh. And and the way you can see that, by the way, is going on Safari and typing in the Instagram and it will come up in chronological order of who they follow. And if you are finding yourself having to do this, this is a sign that this is not a good relationship, by the way. So just notice if you feel the tendency to do this. But anyways, it's a girl chat here or guys are welcome as well. But anyways, I saw who you recently followed and I clicked on this girl's account. I just was stalking it, right? He's still my boyfriend at the time. And I just saw that one of her bikini photos was liked by my boyfriend and it was pretty recent. And oh my gosh, the amount of arguments that we had in terms of me getting mad at him for liking other girls' pictures was crazy. I would get in a, I would be so upset with him if he liked another girl's picture. But obviously, I wouldn't say I had my reason to, but you know, I was clearly insecure for a reason. This guy was DMing, messaging, doing whatever. I don't really wanna know with other girls and I had this intuition in Portugal and I looked from his recent following. I went on the girl's profile. I found the bikini picture and I was like, no, Anna, don't do it. It's too, it's too psycho of you if you message this girl. And I was like, F it, I'm gonna do it. And I messaged her and I go, is there by any chance this guy called whatever, I'm not gonna say his name, has messaged you recently in any way. I'm his girlfriend and I'm just wondering, there is no hate towards you, but I just need to know. And 10 minutes later, I was like, oh my God, no, that was so psycho. I unsent it. Two minutes later, she messaged me go, hey girl, I did see your message. And I just want to let you know he has and 
she just she said everything that had happened and I was like wow what an intuition and how amazing that she saw it before I had unsent it and I picked up the phone and I called my ex-boyfriend and I go we're like I know about this girl we're so done I've had enough there's been one too many situations there's been way more talk than there has been action we are over and to your surprise he did not believe me because we had gone through so many mini breakups that he just didn't take my word for it and he was like oh darling like it's nothing to stress about like it's not what you think blah blah blah, blah. and I was like no I'm so done and he was like I don't know put the phone down in the morning he was like hey babe how are you doing and I messaged him I was like did I not tell you that we were done? And I described everything. I was like, we are so done, you cannot believe. And then I would, I still had like three days left on holiday and he would send me these big paragraphs, like really, you know, that love bombing, like everything we've been through and just sending these massive paragraphs. And it was actually really hard at the start, the first three days. But luckily I had the support for my girls and I just had to kind of ignore the messages. The biggest thing was not to reply. Because when you reply, you're going to get more out of them. They're going to say more. They're going to have the chance to say more. If you don't reply, it is easier. And yeah, I basically didn't message him since then. Then if I'm being completely honest, there was a small little rebound. And I, well, it was funny. I think at the time I was showing off to him. But basically he was a gym rat, right? And he always wanted that social, he was like, oh, you know, David Laid, let's say, was his idol, idol in terms of, you know, he wants to do that thing, Gymshark, whatever. And I had started my social media account and he had a social media fitness account as well. But I had racked up the following, like, I had racked up so many followers basically in like three days, I had hit like a thousand followers. And then in a week I'd hit like 15K and then in a month I'd hit 30K. And there we went on like two or three walks in this period of being broken up, but I kind of said like, you know, we can meet as friends. And I think part of me, if I'm being truly honest, I wanted him to see me at my smallest. If I'm going to be honest here, like I had lost my most amount of weight and I wanted, obviously we weren't seeing each other again and I wanted him to see me at my skinniest because I wanted to be like, do you not care? Can you not, not do you not care, but like, do you care? Do you notice? Are you there for me? And I didn't really get anything like that. He did say I looked amazing, but I was like, that only further reinforces that I look better than I used to be. Anyways, so we went on a few walks and we were just like, he was really trying to be on his best behavior because he really kind of understood that we were over, but he was still trying to like make up. And we were just on these walks and had these conversations about, you know, like fitness, social media accounts. And I was just being so excited. I was just like, child me was coming out like, oh my God, and this is gonna happen, and this is gonna happen. And I had no one else that really, I guess, wanted to listen about my fitness stuff. Um, and we were obviously like gym buddies then. And yeah, I think it took me three walks, three conversations and I had enough. I was like, right, I'm done. <laughs> I've told you everything that I want to share. Like I've shown, like I showed off enough. I feel, you know, I, I hope you know everything that I'm doing and will achieve and whatever. And then I really didn't talk to him since. Actually saying that I messaged him six months later when I had come out to my social media about bulimia and I had so much anger towards him. And I messaged him out of nowhere. <sighs> God. And I said to him, like, just to let you know, like, if you just hadn't let me got so skinny, if you just let me, you know, what boyfriend doesn't, like, give their girlfriend dinner, what? And I was really attacking him. I was like, you put me on my first diet. You did this, you do that. You're the reason I have bulimia. Like, 
I really went in on him and I do take that back. I really don't think he's listening. Yeah, <laughs> But I, I attacked him. I did attack him. And, you know, looking back at it now, I was doing the best I can. I was extremely, extremely hurt. And he was apologizing. He was like, I'm sorry, I'm sorry, I'm sorry. But I wasn't taking it. It wasn't going through my head because I needed more than an apology from him because at the end of the day, it was not him. That is to say, if you go through a restricted disordered eating, even though people may influence you to have restricted behaviors or go down a certain path, at the end of the day, it is your self that is aligned to have an eating disorder. There are things in your past that have made you feel unworthy, that have led you to go into a eating disorder. And there will be people on the way that influence you. So let's say if I put my hands up and say, I influenced a certain crowd when I first started my social media and I was promoting weight loss. If I led certain people onto losing weight, I am extremely sorry, but I also have to hold some space and some distance saying, you were predetermined to have an eating disorder whether or not I was the person that influenced you in certain behaviors, right? It all comes from insecurity. It all comes from your past. You know, if people trigger you, unfollow them, whatever, but don't necessarily blame them for having an eating disorder because it is what is going on with you, right? And it's just people that come in your way. So by me attacking my ex-boyfriend saying like, you gave that, you gave me an eating disorder, you gave me bulimia, that was wrong of me. Um, I should probably apologize, but I think maybe it's too far now. I think we're just so out of each other's lives. Like it's literally been like, it's been two years now since we broke up. So it's completely like, it literally feels like thousands of years ago. If I'm being honest, my life is on turbo anyways, like turbo X speed a thousand. Everything I go through, whether that's an eating disorder, whether that's depression, whether that's um, anything whether that's social media growth, everything goes so fast for me. I'm 20 years old and I feel like I'm a grandma. Well, not even a grandma, because I know there's so much more to experience, but I just feel like everything is so quick. I'm like, crikey, like I can go in and out of a depressive episode so quick. I don't know. I don't know how to explain myself, but so that was like our last conversation in terms of ex-boyfriend. I don't, I hope this podcast was helpful in terms of talking about relationships. I feel like I've kind of been like all over the place. So jumping on to my current relationship, I kept it private for quite a while because I don't need to share every single part. I didn't have the need to show him off and it made me excited at the fact I didn't have to show him off because like, wow, he means so much more to me now. This person means so much more to me. The fact that I don't just think that he's this like, oh, here's my boyfriend, look at him. Here's my boyfriend, this is what, like, look, we went on a cute date together or look, we went and we did this or we did a really cool thing together. I don't need to do that anymore. But, you know, I am coming to the point of, like, posting them a little bit more here and there. And that's kind of exciting. That's kind of fun. It's chilled. I spend a lot of time with him, so he's going to be in some things that I take. And, yeah, there's just, like, I don't know, just, like, tiny little things that he does that just make my day. For example, I'm just going to dish them out because we're in this position. And there's times where I've been crying my corridor because my sports bra doesn't fit right well it doesn't feel right and you know my I can't get my shoe unlaced and I'll be I'll be like oh I'll just be having like this emotional little outburst and he will just very silently take my shoe undo my shoelace lift my foot up put my shoe on it's like 
that gesture is so much more loving than any gift you could ever buy because it's like wow like he's not there and being like oh my god calm down or you're why are you fretting why are you freaking out there's nothing to stress about like i'm just here stressing about little things because they trigger me and he's just there for me he's there untying my shoelaces to put my shoe on i think he understands that a lot of the time, like 99.9% of the time I'm crying is never about him, it's about myself and things I'm going through. So for him to help me, it's quite, you know, why wouldn't he? And there's times where I've come to him like, are you sure I'm not too emotional for you? Are you sure I'm not too much of a crybaby? I feel like, you know, I don't wanna put this emotional stress on you. And he was like, Anna, I'm here for you, I'm there for you. You do so much for me. And this for me is something that feels very natural. And, I'm, and I don't want you to hide any part of you. So if you feel upset 20 days out of 30, that's okay, I'm gonna be there for you. And that is what a relationship is for. Just as when he gets stressed, I'm gonna be there for him. And I quickly turn into, you know, not mother mode, but I'll be like, talk to me about it, explain everything, I'm here for you, whatever. He's there for me like that. He also really helped me out in terms of like my job. His job is very much like sales and middleman and emails and negotiating. So he actually does some work for me in terms of brand deals. He helps me like sort out my emails. If I go to him like, I'm so stressed, he will get a notepad, write down all the deliverables, posts, projects I need to do, prioritize them, be like, right, this is what you need to do. And it helps me so, so much. It's, yeah, it's amazing. My boyfriend, if you're listening, I, do appreciate you. And I know there's been a lot about ex-boyfriend stuff. I did talk to him before and I was like, by the way, I'm gonna be blabbing on my podcast about my ex-boyfriend. He was like, yeah, that's cool. I don't care. I was like, cool, <laughs> lovely. I'll also be talking about you. I really appreciate everyone who has listened to this. And yeah, if you are able to leave a nice little review on my podcast platforms, whether that's Spotify or Apple Music, it would mean the world to me. Next episode, I think we're gonna go on to eating disorder. I think it's about time. I think it's about time to unravel, explain all the cheeky little details, not in terms of eating disorder behaviors. Like I'm not here to trigger anyone. I'm here to talk about the things that we don't wanna talk about. The mindsets in terms of like why you did certain things and what led me to do it. And yeah, and then, you know, we're gonna go into recovery. We're gonna go into so many different things. I also want to do a part where like I talk about, I get a load of questions because obviously, you know, I had a question the other day, why isn't it a two person podcast? Millie and I were gonna do a podcast together, but she ended up doing it with her friend Emma, which is totally okay. And I think it actually works out for me to do a podcast by myself and then take on guests later on if I want to. I feel like there's a few things that I wanna address and I have a personal style of how I like to talk about things. You know, random, no planning, free to talk, whatever, but, in that way, sometimes I don't necessarily touch on all questions and topics that I would want to. So I will be doing like maybe a question parts at the end to do with topics or like a whole episode and asking really in detail questions and getting really in detail answers. I hope you enjoyed me speaking what was inside my mind today. I'm sending lots and lots of love and this is me saying goodbye for now. See you next week.